Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. All of you geeks, nerds, fanboys and girls around the globe. Welcome back to yet another thrilling episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast. My name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me as always, my comic book partner in crime, Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media. And we have the esteemed pleasure of uh, having one of uh, our top Vigilant Geek Media analysts back on the show uh, to help us out here this week. Uh, we we have uh, New England stand-up, co- uh, stand-up comedian Nathan Burke. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm welcome like back. Your, welcome back, Nathan. It's like, it's like, it's we, like I never left. We, yeah, it's, it's, it is actually... <laughs> oh, it's great! Great having you back on on the show, Nathan. But on the show, yeah. Um, With I su- my mic on. Now this week we are going to focus on Marvel Television. Uh, this is going to include uh, all these great Marvel Netflix series that have been popping up over the past year or so, uh, as well as some of their primetime TV shows like Agents of Shield. Um, so, you know, since it's been proven, uh, time and time again, that these TV series, in fact, uh, are linked to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, in, in, in many more ways than one, uh, they're certainly pertinent to, uh, you know, the overall Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, uh, continuity. And, uh, I just can't wait to dive in and, uh, talk about some of this stuff. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, why don't we start off with, uh, you know, the, the, the big show that's on my mind this big week. Show. Great athlete. World's <laughs> largest athlete. <laughs> didn't he, now didn't he win the Andre the Giant he award? The Andre uh, the Giant. Memorial Battle Royal last year, and they're doing another one this year. And he plans on winning it again, and you know, I hope he does. Until Kane came out and confronted him, who will also be a participant. In yeah. The- so, so wait a minute, the they're, they're already hyping the pre-main, like the main event of the pre-show? Yes. They're, uh, well, is that gonna be pre-show? It always is, I, I figure. Or it was last year? Yeah, it, it, yeah it would, I guess I don't recall. That part was. has never been actually part of WrestleMania. I don't yeah. believe. Well, I think it was. Well, I was mean, the, it was last year. Um, yeah, but I don't know if it was pre. I uh, think it was. They pre- did, show. although, like the, the the card on WrestleMania is always like main event after main event after mm-hmm. main event. There's no filler matches. I so, feel like the Under the Giant Battle Royal is basically like throwing it'll throw a bone every year to like a guy who's been there for a long time who's kind of like who's kind of com- a company plateaued guy. yeah like so kane could win it this year as, what like, was it was cesaro the the swiss superman he won it the year before oh yeah and did, then didn't. and then the big show got i totally it. forgot about that i didn't realize it's been going on for over Two years. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought it was just last year. In my head, it was like just that one year, because they must have come out with it two years ago. 
Yeah. Do they do they have any more comic book related stuff going on at WWE yet? Because I know they had Steve oh, Amell the, last year. Nah, nah, nothing like that. Stardust has kind of fallen uh, to the back burner. Oh man, it's jobs. Yeah, well, after job. after you get beaten by the arrow, you know, or he's the green arrow an, now. An actor. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, yeah. I mean, your where's your credibility go after that? He looks so ripped on the show, and then like I saw him in the ring, and I'm like, he's gonna get murdered. (laughs) He he was really good at getting his ass handed to him. I remember. (laughs) I think that's like the first you learned. Well, he was partnered partnered up with Neville, and Neville's pretty awesome, at least from what I saw. Uh, He's excellent. Yeah, so so you know, I think he was had a lot of security in that, you know, in his partner, his tag team partner. But uh, no, I think for an actor, I mean. he exhibited some skill there. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He was, he was a, re- you could tell he was a wrestling fan and he like took the time to learn. I think he's Canadian. Yeah. As he likes the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, pretty positive he's a Canadian. So you know, uh, Canadians, Canadians love wrestling. That's, that's right. Yeah. Just like they love hockey, they love wrestling too. And they love poutine. Oh. It's it's a it's a funny sounding thing, but it just sounds so delicious. I've never had it, but it just it's that gravy shit that people put on French fries, right? Yeah, it's a gravy and cheese curds melted on French fries. Oh wow, it just sounds like a heart attack. It is instant heart attack. I've had it once, but what a heart a heart attack? Yeah, I've had a heart attack. That'll that'll make about a baker's dozen for me, Bab. (laughs) (laughs) That or blowfish. Poutine and blowfish and bacon explosions. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you promised me a bacon explosion, Holden. Uh, I'm still I, waiting on that. I still have. I have everything I need to make it upstairs, but I'm I'm doing it as a surprise appetizer for uh, Easter dinner. At well, all right. Though well, that's Easter dinner, but you still owe me one too. All right. Just anywho, just call me out. Bacon explosion. That's my Grateful Dead. Now, gentlemen, I know, uh, I have seen, I've seen all of what Marvel has put out with Daredevil. Uh, I know you guys are still behind a little bit, but let's talk about it. It is definitely one of the coolest things out on, uh, on Netflix for sure. Probably the cool, well, in, in the top coolest things that Netflix offers I'd say the Netflix series uh Daredevil my my favorite thing about the show is that Marvel has been about family values for 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 it feels like forever and oh, yeah. whenever they go ahead and they create media media outside of the books you kind of lose that gritty um noir crime feeling that you get with uh with daredevil especially but with the other books as as well that kind of it loses some of its edge and they they after the first scenes the uh, first season this agents of shield it was just like oh because it kind of felt like they were going down this road where like they're going to be putting out mediocre things but then they hooked up with netflix and it's just so good. You don't have, uh, you know, it's like- censorship that you'd have on mainstream television. So, uh, I get what you're saying. Um, they can play around with a lot more of the bloody, you know, the blood and guts and gore. They can play along with, uh, play along. They can, uh, play around with, uh, a lot of adult themes that you, you, you know, you, you, you can't really show on, on mainstream television, you know, especially, you know, at, at, at 
prime time uh, slots, you know, time slots. So, yeah, you get to see, like, you know, you get to see some of these dark crime noir stories or, you know, almost flat out thriller horror stories when you talk about, like, Jessica Jones, maybe. You get to see the, you know them portrayed in live action the way they're supposed to be portrayed it's great i like it i like the grittiness oh yeah it's like you know the way they portray hell's kitchen just you know as a setting it's just such an armpit it reminds me of like lawrence massachusetts or something but (laughs) but worse well i mean don't don't bring it down that much. <laughs> I, uh, no, like I like, I just like the idea of uh, them having the freedom to have a show not on TV and having it like kind of dark and gritty and like because if you have that sort of environment while you have your characters trying to like watch their curse words, yeah, it kind of <laughs> takes you out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh shoot! Like, <laughs> now people just instead of swearing, they just yell more. Like, yeah. oh, thanks! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're welcome! Darn it! Now, um, yeah, these, these Netflix series aren't holding back, especially you look at Jessica Jones and all the dialogue, uh, in that show. Mm-hmm. They didn't hold back very much at all. And, and, you know, that, that's the way Brian Michael Bendis wrote the dialogue in the Alias book. So it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's an excellent portrayal of that because, you know, it's it, not that like, you know, just because, uh, a TV adaptation of, of a book has swear words that that's not what makes it good. What makes it good is that it follows the source material very well. Yes. You know, so I like the fact that just swearing is not a popular thing among the public, but a majority of the people who speak Use those words. So when you have that in the media that you're watching, it creates a more natural feel. Right. You feel like you actually like, wow, this is very plausible because people are talking like people talk. And that's how you would react. Yeah, and it, it's someone... it's more realistic, and that's what they're going for. You know, they're taking characters like Daredevil and and you know Luke Cage, and Luke Cage has you know impenetrable skin, and obviously that's complete nonsense you know but they're they're making you know the whole world that he lives in or or daredevil or pick you know whoever you know they make they're making it it, as realistic as possible and it's just it makes everything you know the whole story itself it just makes it more believable and part of that is the dialogue it's it's just you know just like the guys from SwearNet, even you know like this is how people fucking talk you know (laughs) it's true yeah i think that all changed with like the dark knight where people like oh you can have kind of like a an an a grittier, like, dark thing that won't, like, scare children, you know? Yeah. Because usually superhero movies were just like, yeah, but it has to be kid-friendly. No. Like, well, with the Netflix... Generally. With the Netflix series especially, mm-hmm. like, this is for the adults who grew up with these characters. Yeah. It's for grown-ups. Like, absolutely. <laughs> it's for the... Well, not not really grown-ups, but for the, for the big kids. No, you know? Ty- Tyler. Big kids. Tyler, we can't watch this. We, we can't, can't watch this. It's for big kids. We can't watch Jessica Jones. It's for grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it most certainly is for grown-ups um 
They haven't skimped on any of the quality. Like Daredevil has like legitimately like fifteen minute choreographed <laughs> fight scenes. It's rated oh my R. god, yeah. It's rated R. Oh, it's rated dude. R. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of the best fight scenes I have ever seen on on screen anywhere have come from that show. And uh, we'll talk season two in a minute, and we'll talk that completely unbelievable like 15 minute fight sequence that daredevil has with the uh dogs of hell this biker gang that storms the building that he's standing on the roof of yeah he just takes on the entire mo- motorcycle club and, and it le- fucking levels them and then just goes through them one by one just and just wastes them and then at the same time he's trying to protect the the punisher who he had um who he had finally bested on the roof because the punisher right. had gotten him the best of him twice before that so he sticks the punisher in an elevator and like hits the down button and meanwhile he takes the hand down stairwell and just crushes one by one by one by one by one um and it's like just like the big fight scene from season 1 when he's in the black garb and he's saving the the child that was kidnapped um, that was such an epic fight. I think that was the best fight scene of season one. Yeah, it was. And it rivals the scene we were talking about in season two. But in every one of those like big fight scenes they have with, uh, the character with Daredevil, you know, it's like, I love how Charlie Cox, uh, the actor that, that plays Murdoch, I love like, you know, he gets to a certain point after he's like probably taken down like, 20 to 30 some odd guys and like he like shows that exhaustion that daredevil has like he's like barely able to stand but he's still he's still like fighting he still can keep going and punch and kick even though he can like barely stand but like it's like for a few seconds there you like you you know as the viewer you notice like okay uh we're you know keep in mind here like Oh yeah, I forgot. This guy's still just a man. You know, he's still like, just a human being doing this. And he's blind. Yeah. Dude, like, that- holy, like it brings, it like shows, showing that exhaustion shows his humanity. And it's really cool. You know, because like, you know, before, like in superhero movies, like you look back at like some of the older ones, like, you know, the, the hero is shown to be like close to invincible almost, you know, in almost every one. You know, and, 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 and now it's just, everything is so much more realistic and cool. And they follow the source material and, and, cause that's like where everything is butted from. Yeah. It's I just, just, it really felt like he'd been getting his ass just handed to him, like the, like the previous two episodes. And then, oh, the Punisher, like, just stomped all over his ass but he you know at the same time like stomped a mud hole in him oh you really did you really did like i mean if the punisher the punisher would have killed him for getting in his way if the punisher didn't believe like if frank castle didn't believe in what what murdoch was doing you know like he thinks he's a pussy because he won't finish the job like he even you know gives him the shot to kill him he gives him the shot yeah he's got him he's got him all chained up and uh on the rooftop and he gives him the gun he tapes the gun to to his hand to daredevil's hand and you know he's like uh he gives him this big speech like i think you're a half measure 
I think you're a man that can't get the job done. I think you're a coward. Yeah. And, oh, then, yeah. and then he's like, oh, like, he's like, I think you're a moo cow. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to get Daredevil to like, you know, shoot him to, 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 like, to kill. He wants to see him kill, you know, but Daredevil's not going to do that. And he instead he uses the gun to bust himself free. And, and then he just beats up yeah. an entire MC. That kind of yeah. renewed my, my faith in the character because even though he had the sweet armor, it just like uh well no he had to, he had some good scenes in the very first episode with those bank robbers and then the uh, yeah yeah and then dealing with the arms dealer and those thugs just like thugs just can't even handle him now that he's got that armor yeah oh it's so cool um where was so where where was I here I mean we, I can keep talking season two um I want I, I want to get into like how well Frank Castle was portrayed by John Bernthal um I suppose we should just hit season one with a few key points before we do that though um obviously season one was like an all out drag out smash mouth. Good versus evil fight between Murdoch and Fisk, and it was great. It really paid homage to that rivalry so well. Vincent D'Onofrio played an excellent Will, uh, Wilson Fisk. Um, I don't know. It's it's really hard to like you know find anything wrong with season one. It that's was, for sure. It was the classic Daredevil tale. It really was, because that's the main rivalry. If you're going to boil it down, you know, like Kingpin is like the major antagonist for the Daredevil. The Daredevil exists because of guys like Fisk, specifically. Yeah. And yep. they've always had it out with each other, you know? It, and it's like one of those rivalries that's like right up there with uh, Batman Joker. Oh, God, yeah. Batman Joker, Flash Reverse Flash, uh... Luther Superman. Luther Superman. I, this one is just as big. It's just the story itself, you know, being, always being you know, the classic fringe story that it was. Uh, probably didn't get the readership that a, a Batman or a Superman book would get, but, you know, it definitely got its readership. Um, um, and cult following, you know, myself being a esteemed member of that cult. I love, <laughs> I, uh, I friggin', I love Daredevil. I've read Miller's version of Daredevil. I've read Bendis's. I've read Wade's. I've read uh, a bunch of people. Soul's doing a pretty good job right now. And right now, actually, I'm very, very pleased with what Charles Soul is doing with the book and uh, the whole Ten Fingers gang versus the hand and blind spot, uh, you know, and, and we all thought it was like Gambit. He looks kind of like Gambit. He did, yeah. Um, before we got into the first issue of, of the new uh, Daredevil run. Uh, it, it, it's this new cool character, Blindspot. I, um, not to get too off task, but, you know, it, it's just the story's been great. No, it's very related. And then once again, uh, in, the, in season one, Daredevil had a black costume. Well, he's got it now and he, now he's got it in the books. Yeah. You know, he's still got like the horned cowl. It still looks good. Um, yeah, it's, it looks, it looks fucking cool. Yeah. He's got like the red helmet, so he's still got like the devil look, but yeah, like, like, he's got like the black going on, and it's just, it's, it's one of his cooler looks. Um, black's always cool. Oh, it is. It is. Um, you know what's really funny is, is, is looking at a picture of the current 
costume uh, and then comparing it to Ben Affleck's costume in the 2004 uh feature film daredevil which mm. is the only other live action portrayal they have had of the character but it's pretty funny to compare now you know for what that movie was i uh actually that was a decent flick i, I liked it i thought it was good it was a, it was a really good portrayal of the character itself um i thought like you know they might have squished a little too much into a into a 2 hour feature film uh, when you have a feature film, you gotta kinda focus on some of the big points and, you know, I don't know, they- Save it for the sequel. Well, I mean, they, they could've if they made, made enough money with the first one, and if they had the contracts to do it, but, um, unfortunately not. But I mean, there's some things I would take out. I, I would, I would have probably kept Bullseye, kept Kingpin, gotten rid of Elektra. That's a whole separate story and had that sort of incorporate. Colin Farrell did Bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. He actually was not bad. The whole scene with him going through airport security and they're like, Hey, we found a paperclip in your mouth. That was unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that though, I thought everything was really well done. You know, like my sixth sense of humor I thought was so funny was when Bullseye was on the plane and like the old lady was sitting next to him and she's, she's talking his ear off like, and my grandson, he works with computers and he knows how to figure out everything with computers, but to heck if I know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, Bullseye takes like one of the peanuts <laughs> that they give you at the air, you know, the stewardess gives you, mm-hmm. and he flicks it into the lady's mouth and chokes her to death, and she <laughs> she passes out dead, like on his arm, like on his shoulder, and the stewardess comes by and says, "Oh, isn't that just precious?" Like the old lady's like <laughs> taking a nap on his shoulder, but really, he did, like in order to shut her up, he like murdered her with a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, that, that that's probably like like again another scene I'd take out, you know. But like as a whole, their first attempt at an on-screen live-action Daredevil wasn't horrible, and Affleck was actually uh, a big comic guy uh, growing up, and he was very much into the character growing up, and he wanted to do the character justice. Um, I don't know. I mean, like... They did good. I don't know what it was that critics didn't like about that movie. I mean, it wasn't for them. You know, no one makes movies for critics. Yeah. What, what, are, if, like, what are these? They mostly just failed filmmakers who are, like, good at writing articles. Yeah, they don't know what it's like to create something, so, you know, they're just going to, like, you know... Maybe they did it once and they were too sensitive after people criticized their work or something. Yeah, so so they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what they're talking about usually. It's usually... Just, you know, them keeping their reputations up by dirting on something, you know, and that's all it is, really. Um, Such is life, you know, the people, a lot of the people that get ahead in this world have to step on other people to to do so. Uh, Unfortunately, when you live in a capitalist society, that's sort of how things go it's ah, just... darwinism see here but um get getting back to to our one of our favorite shows here daredevil um so season one ends uh daredevil callers fisk saves the day um yada 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 and 
end of story, you know, uh, close the curtain. Um, it was done really well. Um, and then season two just, just starts off with a bang. Like they, they do not waste time. Like, with anything, any kind of like, you know, boring or melodramatic scenes or, you know, extensive dialogue. Like it is like Matt versus Frank, like blood and guts. It's highly entertaining shit. And let me tell you, um, I am a huge, huge fan of the Thomas Jane Punisher and I have a lot of respect for the Ray Stevenson Punisher. Uh, I thought in, in regards to looks, Ray Stevenson looked the most like the Punisher from the comics. You know, he had the stature, he had the hair, you know, he was kind of like this Frankenstein that, you know, shows up in the corner of a big mob gathering and just kills everyone. Like, that's, that's how the Punisher should be re- portrayed, you know, he's, he's like, this boogeyman for for evildoers, you know, for wrongdoers. Uh, he's he's the guy that's going to provide said punishment. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, pretty simple concept, you know. Um, you know, I even like sort of respect Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. I mean, that movie sucked, but uh, it was their first attempt at that character in live action on screen and. They had him doing naked yoga in the sewer a lot, and like you know, you didn't have the skull at all. Which I gotta I, see this movie. Yeah, if you if you like like Dolph Lundgren naked guy ass from like sure. the, the 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 late nineteen eighties, and then this movie might be for you. I'll huh? take a triple helping. <laughs> but like, not the correct portrayal of Frank. You know, he got. I don't think he even had any dialogue. Come to think of it, Frank does talk here and there. Um, Otherwise, he's just the boogeyman for criminals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, lo- I love the Thomas Jane movie. That was um, good. You know, it, it, it was a great portrayal of the character. Um, like at least the, the origin. Um, although they went like a little crazy. Like, like they, they told the origin perfectly in Daredevil season two. We'll get to that. But um, they had like this big like mow down of like hundreds of Frank's relatives like on the beaches of Miami or something at a family reunion. It was like a little bit overkill, but uh I mean like the movie as a whole, like like Thomas Jane is an excellent Punisher and if you've ever seen the uh fan film on YouTube, look it up on YouTube. It's called Dirty Laundry. Uh it's Thomas Jane playing Frank Castle again because he loves the character. Uh, he's damn good at playing it. Um, in like a small Frank Castle tale. And uh, who's the guy that played Hellboy? I'm trying to think of his Ron name. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman's in it as well. And it's just an awesome, awesome short film. Um, but getting back to uh, Daredevil Season 2, John Berthal's portrayal of Frank was by far the best portrayal of Frank. I hate to say it because, like I said, I am a Thomas Jane fan, um, and I thought Ray Stevenson looked the part very, you know, very well. But no one's going to be able to compete now with with John Bernthal's portrayal because he really captured the essence of Frank better than anyone else did. Like 
the death of Frank Castle's family, uh, it messes him up. Like, he is a psychopath. He's nutso. He's crazy. Bonkers. The guy's unstable. Like, you know, you look at Thomas Jane's portrayal or Ray Stevenson's, and it's almost like a Bruce Wayne, very stoic, very together, like very tactical. And the Punisher's all those things when he's, like, you know, doing his thing. But the Punisher's a fucking nutcase. Frank Castle is a nut job, And John Berthal's portrayal captured that in spades. It was so cool. I mean, they had this whole, uh, you know little mini arc within like the big arc of that was season two of Frank Castle, the trial of Frank Castle and Mur- uh, Nelson and Murdoch, of course, representing Frank and uh, they're trying to take down this corrupt DA. But Frank at the end, like fucks it all up because he just like, you know, he's an honest man um, and he's honest about what he does, and he thinks that what he does is right. You know, he murders people, but he murders murderers and criminals and sex offenders or what have you. Um, and at the, you know, they're they're trying to get Frank uh, a lighter sentence and uh, treatment for post traumatic stress disorder, and he finally snaps on on the stand. You know. It's a saying that it's a it's a it's a disrespectful for people that really do have PTSD. I don't have PTSD. I'm not crazy. I know damn well what I'm doing, and I'd do the same goddamn thing again. If you're a scum or a murderer, you're going down. I'll kill you. I'll kill every last one of you. And like he just goes off on the stand, and it was great acting from John Berthall. And it really captures the essence of Frank Castle. Like he, like, you know, he's a good man in a sense where he's never ever gonna harm an innocent person. But if you're scum or if you're, you know, dealing drugs or killing people or raping people or whatever it is, like he is going to find you and put a bullet in your head if you're lucky. And I just can't say enough about how well he was portrayed in season two. Um, there was also Electra in season two. I'm not going to give away a hell of a lot about that, um, mainly due to the fact that I know Holden, Holden, you haven't gotten to that part yet, and I don't want. I'm going to give you the bare bones, but I'm not going to try to. I'm going to try to negate as much as I can. All right, time to just rip the bandaid off. I know it, but but you really got to see it for yourself. It's great because well, it's not like I'm just like oh, I got. I got the cliff notes from Andrew. The show's great. No, I'm, de- I'm, I'm definitely going to f- finish watching it. <laughs> no, See, I know. Like I did on my Shakespeare essays. <laughs> oh, everyone used cliff notes. Sparks notes. Spark I lo- notes, yeah, yeah. I love sparks notes, yeah. yeah. Um, sparks notes aside. Uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, so we, we, we also got to see Electra and, you know, for once, she was portrayed properly. Um, you know, they went really heavy with, you know, the lovey-dovey stuff, uh, in that 2004 Daredevil flick. And then, uh, Jennifer Garner, who, I'm, I mean, she's a good actress, but that role was not for her. I don't think. No. Well, 
Um, she had a solo Electra movie that just plopped. Uh, but it did lead to a nice, long, failed marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah until, uh, Batman met Harley Quinn, and that's all there is to say about that. See, I actually haven't heard too much of that gossip. I try to stay away from uh, Hollywood gossip myself, but uh, the big man, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, he just couldn't keep his little bat in in, in the in his bat in the bat cave. In, in the bat cave yeah, when he saw uh, Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, which we will get to see this spring in Su- was, Suicide Squad. I thought he was banging the babysitter. Maybe oh maybe. well, the, I think it was a combination of things because um, I did hear that as well. I could understand Margot Robbie, yeah, absolutely. Well, seducing, absolutely gorgeous, seducing the Crazy. Batman. Yeah, I mean he's Batman now, so you know he's kind of like the king of everything. Maybe that's his thing. Every time Ben Affleck does a superhero movie, he ends up getting a different spouse. The only reason he lasted with Jennifer Gardner for so long is because it took him forever to do another superhero movie. Right. Actually, right. Yeah, that's, it. that's that's why it happened. Because his first uh, his first big uh, relationship um, was when he portrayed the superhero Gili. <laughs> Mar- Marvel's Gili. You know, <laughs> that relationship would have probably continued if, uh, if that movie had done well. Yeah. I feel. Him and JLo? It was just too much of a black mark every time he saw her. And he just remembered how, how horrible the, the movie came. the idea for Gili. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. If Stan Lee came up with the idea for Gili, You'd never ever get him to admit that one. Cause I know I wouldn't. <laughs> he would probably, he would probably admit it. Yeah. <laughs> he would probably brag about it for some reason. Yeah. Like, well, I came up with the idea for Gili. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, getting back to what we were, we were saying. I'll say um, this about Gili. Not, <laughs> not as horrible. As it was like, it's kind of like the notorious hor- like worst film ever. Yeah. It, it's sort of like the he was go-to. with Jennifer Lopez in that, right? Yeah, I think the uh, the only horrible thing I is like it. everyone's expectations. <laughs> you sorry? Not in theaters. I, I watched it on TV. It was like on TV once. Yeah, no, it. that's it, it. It feels like your typical on TV movie. Yeah. It was. It wasn't good, but it wasn't like the worst movie. There are worse movies. Why are we talking about Geely right now? Because I ben came Affleck up with the idea it? from Marvel's Geely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that would ruin everything for Marvel. <laughs> like no one would watch. They'd recover from it. No one would watch it. Any no more. No Iron Man four. That's for sure. They'd go stick it like on the back burner, like they do with like Howard the Duck and everything else. <laughs> I, you I, see, like, Ben Affleck holding Jennifer Garner inside one of those, like, cages in the collector's room in nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and over there, yeah, I got Geely. Uh, yeah. We think in a few more years. I feel like we're going to give it another go. This is the remedy to fix the Fantastic Four franchise. What we're going to do is Fantastic Four 2. The return of Geely. <laughs> <laughs> at, th- at this point, anything would be an improvement. So, what, you know what? Hell, I'll, I'd see. Fuck you, you'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll see it. You'll see it. <laughs> 
You watch it. You watch it. You'll see it. tilly till tum Suckers like us always go and see it too. Yeah. That's why I watch every, that's why I watch wrestling every week too. Even if it's bad. That's, it usually is. You'll see it. Fuck you, you'll watch it. They just get emotionally abused and then they finally do the one episode where it's like, yes! Yes! Yeah, right. You gotta go through hell before you get to heaven, man. Yeah, well, I guess things can't be great all the time. Otherwise, that'd be bad, except for the fact that, like, you're devoting time. You could probably use on something way yeah. better. And then, it, that, see, their, their goal is to lower your expectations. So when something cool happens, and yeah, like, you can like, act wicked excited. That's awesome! When it should be kind of awesome the whole time. <laughs> well, there's no reason why it couldn't be it's melodrama too so you can do huge things every ep- like every time you do a taping like if you have a different heavyweight champion every week that's fine yeah it can be done yeah the problem with this i i don't get i won't stick on wrestling for too much but i'm, I'm just gonna say that the issue with wrestling right now is all the injuries is there every... too many good people injured? All the yeah. Seth Rollins, Cesaro's injured still. Um, oh, I didn't know he Cena. was hurt. I was wondering why he wasn't around. Cena, Sting is probably retiring. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit's injured. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the he's on the DL. Chris Benoit, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Chris Benoit has to pay a fine. <laughs> yeah, he's suspended. He was on PEDs. You're That's why. suspended. He was on PEDs. You murder your family and kill yourself under t- contract. You're suspended. You're lucky you're not fired. <laughs> oh man. Well, getting back on task. <laughs> Um, just a, f- a few last words about Daredevil Season 2. Um, this portrayal of Elektra, played by the lovely Elodie Young, um, was the most accurate portrayal I have seen yet. They really dive into Elektra's bloodlust uh, and how she was pretty much brought up that way and didn't really have a prayer of uh, uh, being anything else but a killer. Um, they also, uh, incorporate, uh, the hands, uh, and you get to see like a really awesome showdown, uh, with, 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 you know, numerous members of the hands stick shows back up. He's in the picture. You got Electra. And then of course you got DD and, uh, it's sort of like a big, you know, melee event, you know, uh, ninja battle royale and, uh, it's way cool. It's way cool. Um, and you know, Frank Castle is got his hands in, the, you know, the, the plot lines of this season all the way from beginning to end. So, uh, if you're a Frank Castle fan, if you're a fan of the Punisher, uh, do not worry. You will see Frank in every single episode and he'll be doing something badass. Hands down. Um, you know, for me to, I just want to reiterate that for me to crown John Berthal as the greatest Punisher, um, that has ever been seen on screen. I mean, that is a very big deal. Uh, 
the fact that anyone has surpassed Thomas Jane's efforts uh, is is a huge milestone in film and in particularly in Marvel Comics and Marvel Cinematic Universe history. So um, with that, let's move on and let's talk about another Marvel Netflix masterpiece that was Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Jessica 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 Jess do it. Um yeah, no I I I loved that that uh first season of Jessica Jones and I'm excited for the second season. I thought it was a cool uh way to sort of push the envelope as far as what you can do with a with a superhero series cuz when you first start watching it you don't even know it's a superhero series. It doesn't even feel like one. No. If you're an outsider you don't know who the characters are cuz I remember watching it I was watching it with my dad. And I was like, let's watch Jessica Jones. And he was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and, he was like, like, and he loved it. But he didn't know starting out. John, it, John Burke gave Jessica Jones two thumbs up. That's about, it. that's all you need to know. He also watches Once Upon a Time and everything else that like a 13 year old girl would watch. <laughs> so Just as long as he's there. got a nice, tall, cool Budweiser in his hands. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't, he doesn't give a shit what's on TV. And he's recently gotten into Total Divas, apparently. So. <laughs> He likes teenage girl shows. It's well, very... it probably gets the juices flowing. So <laughs> it, might, it might. It, it might. could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. He only, he only watches the news because because uh, some of the anchor women are hot. <laughs> <laughs> so if John but, Burke puts his seal of approval on something, you know it's legit. So. Right. He loved that Jessica Jones. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, you're right about that. It had the feel of just like, you know, like a thriller type show, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a murder mystery slash yeah. thriller. Cause starting out, the superpowers like are so subtle. Yeah. She doesn't like, like to like, like she doesn't broadcast them for, for yeah. by any means. She, she's very secretive. Jessica's very secretive about what and she you, can do. Yeah. And you get a little like foreshadowing here and there about it and be like, Oh, what was that about? Like if you if you're really unfamiliar with the characters like I was, like I knew it was a superhero series, but I didn't really know what their powers were. I didn't know anything about it. So right. well going into it I was like I was like, Huh, I wonder what that's about. You know. Yeah. Like she'd punch someone and they'd go flying or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, be like, hey. be like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah. At that. There, it was very, it was very neat how they kind of like very slowly and subtly like gave viewers like a taste of her, what she can do up until, you know, I think you really get a good, you know, good glimpse of Jessica's powers. I think uh, the first time she teams up with Luke Cage to fight whoever, whatever thugs they were fighting or, you know, I kind of forget, but I think that's... Were, yeah, what was it? They were looking for that kid. No, the first time it was like that, uh, uh, the cheating wife ended up, uh, told the husband and the husband brought his rugby team to the bar and then Jessica was like, oh no, and then oh, showed yeah. up and then they got into that huge bar fight. Yeah. Right, that's what it was, yeah. Breaking like pool sticks over like, uh... Uh, what's his name's back there? And he was like, yeah, it's like he was just invincible, like impervious yeah. to th- stuff. And then you were like, huh, nah, <laughs> what's that about? It must have been real refreshing for you. Even I'm not that familiar with the characters. So yeah, like so for somebody like cool you who's like just kind of discover it. Yeah. To just kind of like see something for the first time and like have your opinion definitely just be your own and, and 
on um, no one trying to sway you one way or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been nice. And I loved how uh, the villain there... Um, oh, Kilgrave is my Kilgrave. part of the whole thing. He was so... It, he was also not not subtle, but in the way that like he clearly lived his life like under the radar. He's like, such yeah, a, yeah, like, such a sociopath. He, just because he can, too. like he that's his power is almost to be discreet. And, like, oh yeah, he, he can just convince people to not like people just do whatever he says. Yeah, so you not can just live him. wicked comfortably. And the power of persuasion. And it was yeah, so it was interesting. I I liked how it was kind of like a gritty crime drama first. Well, like the first couple episodes, series. all you hear about from Kilgrave is just like things he's done mm-hmm. and like all these horrible things fucking, he's like, made people do. Like yeah. Support groups. Yeah, like the best bep- around them. Oh yeah. And then, like, he just makes people do things. Obviously, there was, like, like, whoa. And then you finally end up meeting the character, and it's just like, whoa. Obviously, there's a pretty big, like, uh, like rape undertone to that. Well. To, like, him basically just, like, manipulating women and using. No, like, he definitely did. Or any, yeah, he did a lot of that, too. But just the fact that you're telling somebody to do something and they're not, they don't have any choice in the matter. Yeah, it was like that. So, like, every time he uses his power, he rapes somebody. Right. So that was kind of, I feel like that was, like, a big uh, sort of statement on that. Like, I feel like they were kind of. Oh, big time. Making a big uh, sort of, that was, like, a huge undertone to that, obviously. There's, I mean, there's, like, huge. Not to get too far into like feminism, but there's a huge feminist undertone and, and to Jessica Jones. To right? Jessica Jones. And, and feminist is not, you know, a derogatory term. It's it's uh it's almost you know, become a genre in a way, uh in in, in film and T V nowadays. But um no, it's just like empowering for women. Mm-hmm. Um when she uh well they say that when she has that crazy sex scene with Luke Cage uh in the beginning of the season towards the beginning um that that was extremely uh empowering and a feminist scene because it's her decision to you know take him and his big member and and you know and and then uh presumably how she stands how she you know over the course of the season you know to change gears here a little bit um you know, over the course of the season as she's like slowly and surely able to stand up to Kilgrave and, uh, um, sort of, uh, you know, not be as affected by his persuasive powers to the point where she can outsmart him. That's really the only way you can beat Kilgrave is by outsmarting him. Um, and she's capable of doing so. And, and that's another like feminist type achievement there. That's empowering for her to meet the, you know, meet her arch nemesis, the guy that ruined her life and, and, you know, did all these horrible things to her and, and, and to face her fear in that horrible man and, and then, uh, uh, overcome that. Um, now, Jessica. <laughs> so, you know, not to dive too far into that, but, yeah. you know, much like, you know, uh, the last Mad Max installment was a feminist movie where you have Furiosa kind of, uh, being uh the anchor for Max to kind of keep him sane enough to to you know uh keep going 
real yeah. Jonah in that Mark movie. Shit. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's not it's not a derogatory term. It's just what it is, I guess. Uh, you Max know? was very much a fly on the wall in that movie. That movie was not about him. Yeah. He was there so that this story about Furiosa and escaping with the breeders. And, exactly. And going back so that that story can be told. And it was a very good story. It was a feminist story. But that's just, it's empowering towards females. That's all it means. It doesn't mean it's like has to be degrading towards males or it has to be a chick flick. Um so I, I don't guess, think anyone was saying that, Andrew. <laughs> and no, no, no one was. No one was. I'm just trying to, you know, be as clear and concise mm-hmm. as possible. And uh, did you see that SNL sketch of them doing like the, the feminist song? No. And they're like, they're like, this is not a feminist song because like, they're just like. They're, they're saying it's like such a, a minefield to like tip through toe through because like they don't know how to like approach it. <laughs> it was pretty funny because there's so many different things that like you like could offend people with or like get on the wrong side. Of oh my like god! So many. I feel like there's a lot of there's this many sects of sects sects s e c t of feminism as there are like Christianity. There's like different belief structures built. Oh, God. oh yeah, there that, are. Like, compete with each other. There are. So it is yeah. kind of a minefield to walk through. So the uh, best thing three to... boys talking about <laughs> it probably isn't the best forum for it, but no, definitely not. And we're not going to talk about it much longer. But I guess the best. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best thing to do is avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Obviously, but right. you know, if you're encountered, you know, just just tread lightly. And everything will be fine. But yeah, back to Jessica Jones. Um, she herself, rough, gritty character. You know, she's got the leather jacket look going on. She yeah. drinks and smokes. And that's what I liked about her. Yeah, and obviously she's real rough around the edges. Clearly dealing with some baggage, big time baggage. Obviously, like my type of gal. <laughs> she's not the kind you'd bring home to mother <laughs> she's a super freak super freak she's super freaky down 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 shout out to tony Moschetto for his super freak <laughs> joke i remember rem- that i remember that actually yeah I'd she's wh- got incense wine and candles incense wine and candles such a freaky scene like, <laughs> he goes he goes it's not freaky that's romantic <laughs> such a freaky scene yeah. it's like this <laughs> lady spent shelled out all this money for incense wine and candles and you walk in and you go such a freaky scene what a dick <laughs> such a uh. freaky scene <laughs> the girl's dick? a super freak it's <laughs> a great old anyway old so tony moschetto joke yeah shout out to tony he always made me laugh back in the day great, when i used to local comic. yeah when i used to go to the local shows and see you guys uh tony moschetto is all always had a lot of laughs come from him <laughs> great great stand-up comic um but yeah the super freak jessica jones um you know she's kind of a full-blown alcoholic she's dealing with baggage you know instilled from Kilgrave. um she has a small support system in her friend uh patsy walker she goes by trish in the show um that's like her like Patsy's a nickname, and Trish is like her main yeah, name. Yeah, wasn't she like a child actor? And yeah, child. Yep. Called Patsy. Like, yeah, yeah, Patsy. yeah, yeah. And then her parents, pretty much, just her mother in particular, mm-hmm. kind of just 
hoard yeah. her out pretty hard. She was like a dance mom, one of those types. That are oh, just, big uh, time, yeah. Or, or uh, childhood pageant moms. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, Trish uh, had to endure, like, you know, a childhood of, of that sort of glitz and glamour and her mom and that whole thing, which, you know... If you don't like that lifestyle, then obviously it's hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but she currently uh, is doing a radio show. She's Trish Talk. Um, it's a, a, it's big news in Hell's Kitchen. You know, everyone listens to Trish Talk, and um, secretly, you get a few glimpses of her trying to learn martial arts because she basically wants to be like Jessica. She basically wants to be a superhero. And, I mean, in comic book continuity, she becomes the superhero Hellcat. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, you can sort of see that coming in Season 2 because she's already, like, going on missions with Jessica and Luke and stuff in, 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 in the series, in the... Being used as bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's being, she's really good at that, by the way. Willingly yeah. doing it all the time. Yeah, exactly. She just wants to be on the team. She yeah, doesn't yeah. care if she rides the bench. She, like, legit just, like, wants to be a mask vigilante, like, and just wants, she, she, she could, like, you know, she, she wants to be the Bat Boy, no offense to Bat Boy. No, no, yeah. (laughs) Um, basically, she, she's a very rich and successful person who could have a nice, relaxing, luxurious life. And she does not want that. She wants to live the gritty, violent world that Jessica lives in. Lives a life of righteousness. Um, It'll be interesting to see her become Hellcat in Season 2, which is a prediction of mine. Um, So she's got her, and she's got that lawyer, um, Jerry Hogarth, played by Carrie Ann Moss, um, who, you know... I don't know how you'd really go about saying it. I guess they rub each other's backs is the best way of saying it. You know, doing each other favors. Well, Jessica does the PI stuff for her, and then she's a lawyer and provides Jessica with representation for whoever it is that Jessica needs representing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jerry Hogarth is a money hungry lesbian who, um, well, that's how she's portrayed in the show. Um, I think it was a gender thing. I think Jerry Hogarth was actually a man in Alias, but I, I don't quite remember. No, well, I, I, that's one of those books that I didn't know existed. I guess Brian Michael Bendis really made a name for himself doing Daredevil in that book at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was back during the Marvel Knights days, back when the fringe was kind of called Marvel Knights. Uh, isn't the, um, what's, that actress, she was Trinity, right? In Matrix? She was, yeah. Okay. Yes. Nice one. Uh, yep, she's had an illustrious career in acting. She was in the Matrix series, a bunch of other shit, and this. Now, she can dodge bullets, yes? <laughs> in the Matrix, she In the she Matrix, could. she can. And she can, do, in, in, she can run on the walls and everything. In this particular uh, story, she, she more or less... Dodges, uh, things like alimony and, uh, um. Equally as difficult. 
you know, uh, counter lawsuits mm-hmm. from her ex-wife. Equally as big of a task. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause her ex-wife is counter suing her. They're suing each other or whatever. Money yeah, hungry. Cause Jessica got drunk and decided that she was going to get her to sign the papers by holding her in front of a moving train. And she thought she just, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then she started, like, she wasn't really proud of what she did there, but like, and then in the end she ends up saving her and like chickens out. That's right. Oh man, I forgot all about that. Yeah, because I haven't seen that. I, I took, I did my run through Jessica right when it came out, mm. and I ran right through her all, all the episodes like within two days. Did the same thing with Daredevil season two. Uh, finished it in two days. I just couldn't stop watching it. It was like when I'm not doing something, like I'm watching this. I'm excited for Game of Thrones when it comes back. Man, oh God! I hope, I hope I don't miss it. Well, like, well, we should do a GOT cast at, at some point. Uh, maybe you got it. I got it. Get it? Yeah, I got it. Get got it, it good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pun. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, uh, maybe mid season. Let, let's let people watch half the season first. And when they right. take, we'll take their break. We'll do a GOT cast. Well, I mean, there's actually plenty to talk about. So we all, we any... all watch that show. Like, you know. And I just got a Braun Funko Pop doll. Yeah, and you got me the Tyrion one, which I love, mm-hmm. and I have it right upstairs and on, on my television. And I have a Prince Oberyn just sitting on my cable box. We all have Game of Thrones Looking Funko over the Pops. Cable. We do. We He's do. next to Voltron, which has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. <laughs> yep. It could, though. You never know. It's next season. <laughs> How pissed off would people be if Bullshit. a giant robot warrior descends from the sky at the, at the, at the like the, the series Westeros. finale? The series finale of Game of Thrones is Voltron comes. <laughs> well, it's like I'm. I win the Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I, if George if if George R R Martin's diabetes doesn't get him uh, before he finishes this goddamn epic series he started, then they might have to do that. Well, apparently so. the uh, the show has surpassed the books. Yeah, which is fucked. Like get, that guy needs to get his his fat ass behind the typewriter and get going. People don't yeah. use typewriters Type anymore. But you know, each book looks like a thousand pages. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, he needs to shorten the books and finish the goddamn story. You know. Yeah. Of course, I know what I'm talking about because I'm a published writer like him. Not. Uh... Now, but seriously, um, Game of Thrones aside, um, let's wrap up here talking about Jessica Jones, and then we're gonna jump into just a little Agents of Shield. Oh, uh, the Marvel. PG universe. Yeah. We could even take a pee break first. All right, well, we can do that. <laughs> if we wanted to. Uh, good idea. All right, to. well, you know. I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Is what, what I'm implying. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, since you need to pee at this point in time, please say your last words that you'd like to say about Jessica Jones, and then you're dismissed to go to the men's room. Fucking smoke show, dude. I, I do, I, I do have quite an attraction to Kristen Ritter. I think yeah, she's, yeah. she's gorgeous. No, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was like a cool, very, very cool, different, uh, series. Very, kind of pushed the envelope as far as it could go, as far as, um, being sort of, uh, gruesome and sort of disturbing in a superhero series. Yeah. And I think that's sort of a step in, 
in in my direction at least. <laughs> yeah, no, the adult themes are going to attract more adults to watch these more series. More sex and blood, people. Well, uh, you know, uh, it, it there is a correlation there, you know? Yeah. And they're getting the viewership that they've never had before because they're showing they're portraying these stories the way they were written in for, the first place. For grown-ups. For for grown-ups, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, go to the little boys room. Yay! All right, Holden, last thoughts on Jessica Jones. Um, uh, I haven't completed the show yet. I've got to episode oh, Jesus. eight. Jesus. I know, dude. It's, it's pathetic. I need to watch more TV. Well, I know. You gotta get through these shows, I tell ya. I know, but, uh, as a whole, from what I've seen so far, it's been really good. Um, it's, it's also a refreshing point of view. They don't have too many shows like this. They certainly don't. And then they have uh, more freedom to do these type of things because Netflix isn't, uh, they're not crazy about the censorship. There is none. So the, the content that needs to be there is there. Oh, let me tell you, there is no censorship for Netflix. They had this movie on Netflix called Teeth. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was essentially like this horror movie about a chick who had like a vagina that with teeth on it that uh, and and to get back at men like she'd like have sex with them and then have her vagina bite off their dicks and like spit them out and like you see like these bloody like penises like being spat all over the screen and this was this was the movie that like Rachel my my uh on again, off again, girlfriend. That she, um, she showed this movie to me, like on one of our very first dates, and like I was horrified, like mortified, <laughs> and like I didn't want to even think about anything to do with sex for like a month after that movie. And that movie was on Netflix, and like if you can show, like vaginas with teeth, like biting dicks off and spitting them out all across the screen and blood going everywhere, then I think Netflix is fair game for, like, almost anything. Um. <laughs> Here's a thing that annoys me real quick about um, uh, Nintendo Wii does not have... Um, I thought w- you were going to the bathroom. I was, yes, I was in the bathroom this whole time. Oh, did you just come back from the bathroom? Yeah, the magic of radio. Wow. I was, yes, I was in the bathroom. I was, I'm actually broadcasting from the bathroom right now. I have the, my headphones on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I brought the mic with me. Um, I just wanted to say Nintendo Wii U does not, uh, does not, um, it's not able to download the WWE network, which very, which annoys me very much because it does have Netflix on it. Well, so it's like they're able to put all these adult content things on Netflix. Andrew, like, do you think it's time that Nathan bought a big boy gaming system? <laughs> I have my yeah. PS3. I have my PS3 still. But oh yeah, well those. Well, good. buy a PS4 and go to the bathroom. Okay. All right. Are you guys just gonna keep talking? No, I'm just. I'm gonna Do you need say to go to the bathroom too, because I'll get out of the bathroom for you guys <laughs> to go in. Well, yeah, we're gonna take. We're gonna go on break now. Um, okay. So we talked Daredevil. We talked Jessica Jones. They're great shows. We love them. We'll be right back after this short break to talk Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're back. 
Welcome back. This is the Vigilant Geek Podcast. We are talking Marvel TV. I'm Andrew Puzak. Uh, with me, as always, is... Hold an arm. Hold an arm. Yep. And uh, we also have Vigilant Geek Media Analyst Nathan Burke, uh, New England stand-up comedian Nathan Burke with I, us here. I finished going to the bathroom. Oh, he, he's all done in the bathroom, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's there's some more good news right there. So um, before we went on break so that we could all go to the bathroom, uh, we uh, talked a little Daredevil. Uh, we talked a little Jessica Jones. Uh, I just want to mention some of the other uh, Marvel Netflix series we want to be looking forward to. Um, next up is Luke Cage. Uh, I'm not quite sure on the date of that. I think they're in production as we speak, so we're looking at at least six months from now. Um, I don't know if it'll be too much longer than that, though. They like to put out a new Marvel series on Netflix, or at least a new season of something, about every six months, I want to say. I don't know. The turnaround on Daredevil was, was so quick. Like, for the amount of production value that they actually put into it? Well, they knew the day it went up on Netflix how good it did. You know, like, that's the thing about Netflix is, you know, you can binge watch. So people did so, and, like, just the amount of of people watching that show, like, they were immediately signed up for a second season, and production started as soon as a script was put together. Someone decided right away... All right, let's get some of these other like awesome fringe characters into this show. Let's get Punisher, let's get Electra, let's get the hand involved and then they piece together season 2 and yeah, it it started production like, you know, almost immediately after season 1 was put out. Um so, you know, I imagine they're getting ready for production now uh for season 3. And, uh, you know, for those of you who have seen season two, you know, Wilson Fisk, uh, has been gone, but he's, he has not been forgotten. Uh, he has been running his own schemes and games from prison, and he's, he's developed quite a bit of power in there, in Rikers. Uh, so you know that, uh, it won't be long before he becomes a threat again. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bullseye coming up next season. Uh, I think that would be a good move, uh, to start including him in some, some of these, uh, episodes. Uh, and then, you know, who knows who else will show up, but I also would not be surprised if Frank Castle, the Punisher, or Elektra both got their own uh, TV series on Netflix as well. They're strong enough characters where they could definitely hold their own show and and have it be interesting and and awesome. Uh, But things that we can look forward to, you know, that are etched in stone, we got Luke Cage coming up next, and then I gotta believe that is going to be the birth of our Heroes for Hire uh, would it be just Luke Cage and Iron Fist, or do you think they'd include Jessica Jones into that? Unless they called, uh, they just did one show and lumped it together and call it Defenders. Well, that's the end game, I believe, for all these Netflix shows. Is eventually 
they're going to do a team show called Defenders, and it's going to have all of them. Uh, and at that point, you'll certainly have Jessica Jones there, along with Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, the I don't know if they'd have anyone else. It's up in the air, but uh, but yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Um, Agents of Shield. Well, that's what we're getting to. Yeah. What about so, Wolfman? He's not part of this. Leave him out of this, Nathan. <laughs> Hear about this Wolfman? They're looking for a new Wolfman at Clark's Trading Post. Wait, what? Do so you want to? Are you talking? <laughs> are you talking about like Wolfman wanted things you you do to like <laughs> like jobs you look for so that you can like pay for your. Are you trying? Are you trying to get a new job, man? Like up at Clark's Trading Post? Do you know what a commute that would be? I don't think I could play the Wolfman though. I don't have a wolf. I I think that's like a forty-year-old plus man's job with a long beard. That's like a. If John Burke grew a big long beard, maybe yeah, he could be a good wolf man. Yeah, he'd be an awesome wolf man. Do you, you want to hear the, uh, the, <laughs> the qualifications to be the new wolf man at? Clark's all Stadium? right, let's let, let's hear it. Yeah. Do you have a dramatic style? Do you like the great outdoors? Don't like the typical dress code? Every day is casual Friday for wolf man. On the exterior, Wolfman must be scruffy and unkempt, but he must be outgoing and good with people. Get paid to chase trains from your wo- <laughs> from your woodland territory. <laughs> if acting crazy and getting paid for it sounds good, then this is the job for you. I really wish I looked like a Wolfman. I wonder what the pay is on that. Yeah, me too. Uh, I bet they don't have that listed. Grab your eye patch and bring your enthusiasm. <laughs> And head to the Wolfman auditions at Gene's Playhouse. <laughs> oh my lord! You better get on that, Nate. Uh, I wish I wish I was qualified as far as looks wise. I don't f- think I fit the bill. Why not? I need a Wolfman's like a like an older bum looking. If I had my big beard, maybe still, but I, like he, if you saw a picture of the Wolfman, you'd, you'd know what I mean. Is this like a like time-honored, long... tra- like area tradition for wherever this Clark's Trading Post is? Yeah, it's um, actually Mick Foley talks about it extensively in I think his first book, like going to Clark's Trading Post <laughs> and, he, like, and like and like hanging out with the Wolfman. Is it like near Why? Killer Kowalski's wrestling school or something? No, it's up in. Um, it's like up in the White Mountains. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's up by. It's, uh, <laughs> Yeah. The Kangamangus Highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Link, uh, Lincoln, <laughs> somebody's Lincoln, New Hampshire. All right, let us know how that goes, Nathan. <laughs> okay, I just thought I'd throw that in. Um, if anyone's looking for work, that's our my plug for a <laughs> Clark's Trading Post. <laughs> if any of our listeners look like the Wolfman. Oh God. They probably do. I'm sure a lot of you, I'm sure most of them do. I would hope. Yeah. So, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., shall we? Yeah, it's time. So it's, that's another, uh, Joss Whedon, um, creation. Creation. I believe he's pretty much in charge of the show. Oh yeah, um, that's his baby. Yeah. And you, I mean, you could tell, like, the show kind of has his fingerprints all over it. Just the way the characters interact has the same feel of, like, everything else that I've watched of his, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. And, uh, Firefly and. Right. The Avengers. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, 
it it's been it's been nothing short of uh exciting for sure uh in the past uh season and a half now the first season they were a little slow at the stack gate and i wasn't sure if the show was going to last because it just I don't know. I know for a fact it didn't grip me by like episode five or six. I was, I was ready to pitch it. And I think, uh, most other people were feeling the same way. The first half of season one felt like they were taking way too long with just like telling a bunch of random stories so that you could develop these characters so you could like attempt to give a shit. Exactly. And then, but like the only way you're going to do that is if you tell a compelling story, which didn't pick up until the whole tie-in with Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was like when everything changed and got cool. Um, cause they, then they, they had a reason to, you know, link the show with, uh, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, and that whole, uh, Hydra infiltration of S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. becoming compromised. I mean, that was something that they could use to, you know, uh, inject some life back into the, the, the show. And, and you started to kind of care about Coulson, especially, um, and then they had the Deathlock story arc, which was neat, where, uh, you know, another popular character from Marvel, uh, which I still feel is underutilized, he should be on the team. Uh, Isn't he in the book? In the book he is, yeah. In the book, Deathlock is part of the team. Like, you have Agent May and, like, Fritz and Simmons and the whole gang, and you also have Deathlock, which makes complete sense, and I love it. Uh I don't know. They should be doing that in the show, and they're not. But the uh, when, when uh, Agents of Shield really started to pick up and, and and cook with a little bit of gas was definitely when they started this whole Inhuman thing, and they've really been pushing the Inhumans since then. Yeah, season two is a, a, a great accomplishment for them. Um, it I. I didn't watch all of season one. I think I watched like a couple of the first episodes and then I just kind of skipped the second half because it was just like, I don't know, I was, it was getting bored and I didn't like it. But uh, then I, get, I picked it up again at the beginning of season two and it's just been, and it was great because they incorporated the Inhumans and um, and they did a really good job with it. And it was interesting, and they're they're doing more stuff with introducing stuff that was in the the comics that hasn't been portrayed yet on the screen. Right. And then they've also done a better job of um, having the show be the direct link to the uh, the actual movie continuity because that, that's what it's supposed to be part of. Exactly. Exactly, and uh, you know every. They don't do it enough, I feel. I feel like they could do more with that as well. But every time there's like a big movie event, like your Age of Ultron or your Captain America Winter Soldier or Civil War, which is coming up soon, I'm sure we'll hear something about that. Oh, there should be a tie-in. Although there wasn't much of a tie-in for the second season. They just, they kind of talked about like, there was one episode aired on one day and then the, the next episode the following week, like acknowledged that it happened, but they didn't talk about it because they wanted people to go see the movie. Yeah. Like they, they, um, they'll say a few things about it, but they, I mean, 
that's sort of what I was getting at is it, it wasn't, you know, enough of a tie in for me as a fan. Um, you know, mentioning, you know, like, oh, Ultron's coming, call in the Avengers and then that's it. It's just kind of like, you, you sons of bitches, you're just, you're trying to tease us is what you're doing. We're seeing what you're doing, god damn it. And I'm going to see your movie anyways. Give me a little more than that. Well, that's, it's, you know, give de- me more than that. You're, you're definitely s- going to go see the movie. It's just give me a reason to if watch the television show, you know? Well, that, that too, especially. But, you know, if you're an avid watcher of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're gonna be seeing, you're gonna go to all the Avengers events, uh, you know, the big movies on screen. And so it's like, you know, we're already going to see the goddamn movie. Give us more than that. Give us more than Coulson on the phone. Call in the Avengers. And then nothing. That's it. Well, actually, that's one of the things that's kind of irritating me because that I, the Avengers still think he's dead from the first film, from the first Avengers movie. Coulson. <laughs> they just think he's dead. Still? I think so, yeah. Cause I, I think I, you're I, right, actually. I yeah. haven't seen anything to the, like, I don't know. Eventually, they just be like, "Oh, Coulson was just a ghost." I was like, "How does that explain the other seasons before?" Jerks. Well, hopefully, like Coulson's a character that can easily be in like, I I mean, for all we know, he could be in Civil War. I don't believe he is, but I mean, he could be. Um, but he's somebody they could stick in Infinity War easily. They mentioned. Uh, I read an article online that said sixty-eight. Marvel marquee characters are going to be featured in Infinity War parts one and two. Sixty-eight characters. Where are they gonna? F- well, they have them. I mean, but I mean, they're. Don't be surprised if some of those sixty-eight characters are gonna be pulled from your Agents of Shield and your uh, Netflix series characters because they are. And all of those characters, might I add. The characters from Agents of Shield, as well as so, so like you know your Daisy Johnsons, your Earthquakes, your Mockingbirds, your Bobby Morses, uh, what have you, or you know Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. They're all going to be summoned to the mighty Infinity War. Don't be surprised to see them on the big screen because they're going to be there. That'd be awesome. And that's yeah. what's going to happen, and that's going to be like the big reveal for I Marvel. Pop for that. Yeah. What so, I, so the, Coulson reuniting and with the Avengers, you know, that's something that they better damn well cover before then, or at least, you know, by the time of the Infinity War. Do you think they might do it in the movie and then have that big connection? Just because I feel maybe, like maybe having the Avengers as they are now, the lineup now, all like having an episode of Agents of Shield where they all find out where Coulson is, they all find him and then confront him and then. And then it's just um, Fitz and Simmons, like, with their little crushes on, on the Avengers, like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Captain America. And Chris <laughs> Evans is like, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, not for nothing, but, you know, they got those actors locked into those contracts to play those characters. There's got to be a way to utilize that and force them. Like, you're doing a fucking episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Captain America liaisons with S.H.I.E.L.D. in the book's constantly so your ass needs to be there at least one episode a season just like nick fury and uh, maria hill should be there like you know half In every episode at least. or at least half the time you know maria hill like where's she you know for that matter where's nick fury we, we mentioned how you know 
in Agents of Shield, Shield since it was compromised is so small and it's almost like a splinter cell of what it, Shield used to be. I mean, where's Maria Hill? Like, why isn't she like running things or helping out or like? I feel like the Avengers. Where's Nick? Where's Nick Fury? Well, in, in Age of Ultron, uh, Maria Hill was like, uh, like new job was being the Avengers liaison. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was more of like a dress clothes type of person to go bump shoulders All right. with politicians. All right, that gets her off the hook. What about Fury? He was in hiding, trying to regroup everybody from the shadows because Captain America made him promise that S.H.I.E.L.D. would disband. And huh. he was he was probably busy trying to sneak into another franchise, Samuel Jackson, so they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't have him on the show. He didn't have the time. He had a yeah, he's in everything, man. He was a like... smart man. Like I'd want to be part of every major franchise. Yeah, Just... it's like Star Wars, bring it on. Friggin' <laughs> the next Tarantino flick. Yeah, I'll do that. Damn it! I think he holds some sort of record for most. Uh, Marvel, you want me to play Nick Fury? Motherfucker, sign me up! Like he's been in the most movies, or like he, I think someone may have beaten him recently or something like that, but he, I think he holds some sort of record for being in the most movies, or making the most, the highest grossing actor, maybe. Like being in the most high grossing movies of all time or something oh, okay, like that. yeah. He weasels his way into everything. He was in RoboCop, uh, the remake, RoboCop remake, what else? They just cut to him, he's like, Damn! Robocop, <laughs> Star it. Wars, Marvel Universe. Yeah. A bunch of Tarantino, <laughs> Django Unchained. Yep. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, obviously Jackie Pulp Brown. Fiction, Jackie Brown. And then like other big franchises, it's just a matter of time before he gets into Star The new Trek one, Hateful or... Eight. Hate, I mean, Hateful which I, Eight. Which I still haven't seen for some reason. Is it on DVD yet or no? Yeah, no, I was so. hoping to do the Tarantino cast before. After we all saw that, we'll yeah, talk we more should. about that. That's that's we like should all see it before we do that. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll, we'll have a movie night. What I what I I'll was bring say. the popcorn. <laughs> the oh, Avengers. Yeah. The Avengers series is almost turning into Super Smash Brothers. It's like who's gonna be in the next one? Oh yeah, until the oh, roster yeah. gets so huge that you're just like. And then you gotta get like other characters from other franchises. So I'm just hoping Brock Lesnar's in the next Avengers movie. <laughs> just suplexing everybody. They have to like Suplex City bitch and he's just like suplexing. There's like a hundred a hundred some odd Avengers and they're like, uh, let's start using WWE people. Yeah. John I, Cena, you're an Avenger. A CGI com- equipment will get Brock Lesnar and paint him green. He can Undertaker- be the new Hulk. Undertaker has lightning powers. He could do that. He's lightning. <laughs> Undertaker it's has been a lightning powers. He does. When they played the supernatural angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kane has fire powers, you know? I don't like it when they do the supernatural angle. I love angle. it. I yeah. love it. I love over gimmicky bullshit. I love it so much. It's so stupid, but I like it. I, and like the Bray Wyatt stuff is fantastic. What, when he slowly walks out with that lantern? Yeah. And he's like, and he made like a hologram of himself to like, distract Dean Ambrose that one time. Yeah, if he's gonna be like such a like the headlining heel guy, like he needs to somehow steal the WWE heavyweight title and then not defend it for an entire year. Oh, and he made that possessed child go out and distract John Cena. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. Yeah. This it is like great. This would be like much cooler. No, yeah, so he uh if I'd if I had known that stuff, that stuff's kinda 
kind of neat. But then again, like, when is too much too much, you know? I my my philosophy is it's wrestling and it's I feel like as long as it's not too like insane then like is cuz this is the it's like the wrestling loophole like you as long as it's under the guise of mind games quote unquote like head it's like oh he's playing mind games with him you know it's like it's okay cuz then it, it it's, it still keeps it in reality Nah, I mean, if I'm gonna watch power stuff, like, gotta be movies or, uh, cartoons, I feel. Cartoons, I think, is the best medium to go ahead and portray superpowers. But if Undertaker strikes lightning on the stage to, like, throw someone off. I, I yawn and then wait for the match. It's to, like, it's like, start. Uh, it's like, then, then it's mind games. He's playing mind games with them. He's playing. You know, he, he talked to someone in the pyrotechnics department and paid him off. Yeah, that's it's like type of thing. But they don't say that. They're like, "Oh my God, the Undertaker summoned lightning from the bowels of his hellish anus." And like, exactly. Oh. Well, the under. It's the like Ultimate the moon in here. Is, oh, you could hear a pin drop and hear a cat screw or, or something. It, like, well, the Ultimate Warrior mid-match in WrestleMania Seven against Randy Savage uh, spoke to the gods. To ask them if he should step down as Intercontinental Champion. So he so. didn't. So he didn't lose. He, <laughs> yeah, he, that he is chose the, to step down. Yeah, and that, he, he's that, at, and Gorilla Monsoon's commentary is great on that. He's asking them if he should step down. <laughs> he, he's speaking to the gods. That guy was out of his great. fucking mind. Because yeah. he got up after five elbow smashes. How, you know, how are you supposed to, ex- how are you gonna explain that aside from something supernatural? Huh? Getting up after five elbow smashes? And he just couldn't do anything and then he finally had to ask the gods if he should yeah. give it up. Because he's the ultimate warrior yeah. and can't lose. Eh, yeah. Five elbow smashes. That, that doesn't impress me much. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. So you got up after five elbow smashes. That don't impress me much. Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> then Ultimate Warrior cuts a weird probe on Shania Twain. <laughs> all right. Um, Sorry. We were talking about something here today. I think it... Was well, I guess this is how compelling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Hey, no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been a pretty sick show since season two onward. Um, let's hit some major points here before we get off topic again. Um, let's talk the uh, evolution of Daisy Johnson becoming Earthquake. Uh, also... Uh, you know, you have another major uh, Avengers character in Mockingbird that has joined the team, and she, like, never, ever tells the truth, but she's hot, and she carries a big, st- a couple of big sticks. Yeah. How, what what Inhumans have been um, introduced? I know Lash was introduced, but... Oh, well, that's season three. Oh. Um, yeah, but season three, you know, we, we end season two... Um, big showdown on the secret shield hel- uh, aircraft carrier. Right, right. Against the Inhumans. The Inhumans are going to go ahead and 
you use the Terrigen on uh, everybody on board so that they can find out who's an inhuman and everyone else can just die. And then Exactly. And then Coulson gets his hand cut off. Coulson becomes Captain Hook. And uh but yeah, uh Shield prevails. And uh then we have season three and someone is well actually more than one entity is hunting down the inhumans. Um you have uh that inhuman task force uh with that lady who's just kind of bitchy for lack of a better term. Um I don't know, so you have that task force that's clearly like Hydra undercover. It's like so obvious. Um, but they're a government task force hunting down in humans because they're dangerous and the Terrigen mists have gotten out and people, ordinary humans are turning into inhumans. And, but since they have alien DNA in them now, uh, people are afraid and they, they're calling them aliens and, uh, one of the big inhuman characters from season two, Lincoln, uh, is being hunted by the government and being hunted by Lash. Lash is this inhuman creature. He's blue and he's got kind of like dreadlocks and, uh, the task force is sicking him on inhumans to try to, uh, take them out, you know, because Lash is like this crazy strong killing machine. Um, but he can teleport, so he's hard to catch. He can teleport. Well, he's an inhuman himself, but his, his ability, I believe, is he, uh, he can absorb, like, the life force of other inhumans specifically. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that. I don't know. I I caught one episode of season three, and it turned out that it was uh it was actually a pretty informative episode. Like a lot of oh okay, lot stuff happened. Uh, I guess May's ex husband uh accidentally got hit by Terrigen Mist after he looked at the uh the book that had the list of names of all the Inhumans in it. Yeah, all the um unactive ones, the ones mm-hmm. that haven't been activated through Terrigen. Yeah. Um. So. It turned, he gets hit in the face with this and then he, st- he, he starts changing and he's the one who's actually Lash. He is Lash. Well, I didn't get that far. Um, yeah, I'm only, like I said, I'm only about six episodes deep, uh, in, into season three. I got a little catching up to do. But, um, oh, that's interesting then. Interesting development. Um, but Lash is a pretty interesting character that they have for the show. I, was he in any, like, comic book continuity before, or? He was actually recently created, um, when Inhumanity finished up, there was the Inhumans book. Uh huh. Or, I forget what they called it. Was it Inhumanity? I don't know. And it had to deal with, uh, how, um, Adelon and the Sky City of the Inhumans went ahead and crashed in New York. So now in the middle of New York Harbor, you got this giant ancient city from, of the, like, filled of Inhumans. So there's this city state that is its own private country, um, separate from the United States within the New York City. And Lash is, was a character who was trying to recruit and find other Inhumans to go ahead and get enough people so we could rise up and go ahead and conquer uh, the city. But then Medusa ends up finding him, and Medusa's hair powers are just, like, 
overpowered and Lash couldn't hang and she she took the kids back and united them and but he's he's a relatively new character as far as I knew. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm learning learning about the inhumans every day, I feel. They're being pushed harder and harder by the day, but uh they they're pretty interesting characters as a whole. Uh and I am uh, a fresh new amateur novice reader of the uh Uncanny and Humans book um which we'll get into next week when we do our Marvel Comics universe update um but yeah pretty cool stuff and I feel like uh Agents of Shield has been an excellent vessel to uh you know get these inhumans uh some media exposure and uh get people interested in perhaps reading the books and you know because there is going to be there's an inhumans film slated uh for years down the road i I, i'm not quite sure when exactly but uh it's coming now so i think you know generate as much interest as possible uh the show's definitely doing wonders for that Mm. so also, in the books, I, be- I feel like they're going to end up doing um, an X-Men versus Inhumans arc. Like, I just feel like it's... Oh, it's it's brewing. You can tell because the mutants are suffering because of the Terrigen Mists. They're being killed off. And they're not and happy sterilized. about it. And if you read the Uncanny X-Men book right now, it's all about that. And it's all about Magneto's take on the whole thing. And pretty much, like... What Magneto plans to do to the Inhumans, you know, and it's not, nice. you know, he's 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 not going to show up at their doorstep with a freshly, you know, a baked pan of brownies or something, or or a welcome to the neighborhood Jello mold. No, 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 he's going to show up and raise some hell. You know? So we'll be on the lookout for that. Ah, uh, yes. That's it with that, though. Just a taste. Just a taste for next week. Yeah, next week we'll really get into the meat and potatoes. and It might be a long one, but a good one. we got a lot of great stuff from Marvel to talk about. But um, I suppose let's wrap up our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. discussion here. Um, I suppose it's worth mentioning that we're both currently trying to check out agent carter they just took it off netflix so that was my avenue um i'm gonna try hulu or amazon i know we'll be able to find the episodes there but um it looks good it's sort of like shields you know post-world war ii times you know i love marvel's time capsule stuff oh it's great the the first captain america movie was great that was all time capsule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, and then they do it again with, uh, an Ant-Man with. Oh, with Hank Pym. With Hank Pym when they're doing his flashbacks and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. It's amazing. They, ah. Uh, yeah, dude. They, they need to kind of do, get in the way back machine. I like it when they do this. Stuff I, I love past. it. I love uh, it. And I loved it when they did it in X-Men First Class too, even though it wasn't really Marvel, but it was still a Marvel property and I feel it should count. Oh yeah, Marvel properties count. They they might not be technically part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they always count. And anytime we talk Marvel movies, we mention those Fox uh properties as well, those X-Men's and those Fantastic Fours and what have you. So, um yeah, great stuff. I mean, right now with Marvel TV, you can't go wrong with anything they have out. Um 
Haven't seen Agent Carter, like we said. You I've, know, I've heard it's it's better than Agents of Shield. Really? Wow. Well, wow. they're miniseries too. You, the production quality and storytelling is probably better too. They don't have full seasons. Like it's like six episodes every time it comes out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's come come goes pretty quick. Well, we're gonna get our hands on Agent Carter, literally and figuratively speaking, and uh, we'll let you know how that goes, both literally and figuratively speaking. Um, but yeah, um, can't wait to give you guys an update again soon. Uh, in regards to Marvel TV, we will talk more about Daredevil next time. We will talk more Jessica Jones. We will talk Luke Cage by then. That'll be out. We will talk anything else. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, you name it. If it's Marvel and it's television and it's Marvel television... Vigilant Geek Media is all over that. So I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Vigilant Geek Media analysts, stand-up comedian Nathan Burke for being on the show. Thank you. We also want to thank my comic book partner in crime, Holden Orm. Hey! And as always, remember to stay vigilant. vigilant.